Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Lopez wants it away. And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run. fans back once again here on the believe network it's believe in the mets i am your host nick durst and there's a good amount of mets news to start with and discuss here on this episode but i just want to talk about how the mets game on monday night is really just a microcosm of, of this Mets season and really how everything's panning out because of bad moves by billy epler the Mets, they were winning the whole game, ninth inning. For some reason, they want to bring in Trevor Gott. Say, remember, they, they traded for Trevor Gott before the trade deadline to kind of help him make him help the bullpen. This guy's terrible. He blows the game. The Mets lose. The Rangers, they were losing terribly all these games in a row out of bad, bad streak of losing. And the Mets, they helped the Rangers maintain their wild card spot. Thanks to Trevor Gott and Billy Upper's great, great move there. The deadline. The other thing that I would like to touch on here in the beginning here, I've been talking about it on a bunch of shows now. We talked with Greg Lennard from ESPN Radio. We talked with Dexter Henry from New York Post and SNY and WFN CBS Sports Radio. It's the fact that they have these, these Pete Alonzo rumors at right now that Bob Nightingale, who I've had on another show of mine, the New York Right podcast, He's saying the Mets plan to trade Alonzo in the offseason. I think that would be horrific. That would be the worst thing they could do. At that point, you would just be mailing it in and saying, we're done in next season. We're punting. I don't know what the return would be, but you're not going to replace the power in RBI numbers. Alonzo, he's second in the NL in home runs in RBI. He's behind Matt Olsen. He's not that far behind. But let's remember, he missed about 15 games after he got hit in the wrist. So I think if they want to win in the future, they need to have Pete Alonzo with them. Joining me now to discuss this and so much more is the co-host of the You Know Right podcast, making his return now the first two-time guests here on the Believe in the Mets podcast. And that is Mr. Joseph Calabrese. Joe, welcome back. What are your thoughts on these Mets Alonzo rumors you've been hearing recently? I mean, you didn't need me on to tell you that you shouldn't trade Pete Alonzo. Did you really need me on for me to say that? I know. I, I don't know what the return would be, but you heard, oh, the Brewers are trying to get him. Well, the Brewers don't – nobody has anything that you, I could say I would trade Pete Alonzo for. This guy, his average is down. He's actually third in defensive run saves this year at first base. But there's not many players that you could trade for that are better than Pete Alonzo. Am I, am I missing something here? Why would they even consider it? Absolutely not. You don't entertain trade offers. Uh, first things first. Uh, now I know how it feels to be rooting for a last place team. Now we're in the same boat over here. Both of them not very good. On the subway series, if you recall. So I, uh, 
I mean, I equate this because I don't think Alonzo is quite as good of a player as Aaron Judge is, yet Alonzo uh, is part of the solution, not part of the problem. So when you're a part of the solution, uh, especially when you're a player like him and uh, you do stuff on and off the field and you represent the organization and players like that are building blocks, right? Regardless of what his age is right now, um, they're the kind of guys that you want in the fold in the organization throughout their whole careers, right? right? So my opinion is that it may not make sense on the surface, but you're not going to get comparable value to him if you move him. It's just not going to happen. He's more valuable to the organization than he is to anybody else. At that point, you got to sign him. 10 years, 250 million. Got to do whatever it takes. I mean, Judge got nine years, 360 million. And a lot of us were like, oh, the years are too much. The money's too much. I mean, you and I both agree these contracts are getting ridiculous, but you got to do anything you can to sign these guys. So uh, Lonzo is that organization. Uh, He's got a a tremendous rapport with the fans. Uh, he's got a lot of personality. It's kind to of, me, I've been saying he's the captain of the team. Absolutely. I was just going to say that. He's, again, comparable to Judge. Judge is the captain of the Yankees, for better or worse. The Mets, who don't really have a named captain, Alonzo is the leader in the clubhouse. you got to sign him. It's simple as that. Now, if, Alon- if, if all goes well, you sign Alonzo long-term, maybe win a World Series, but he will go in the record books as the greatest offensive man of all time of all the records. And they'll retire his number. You would think, but if he stays healthy, he'll hit 350 home runs and he'll approach 400 home runs very easily. I I think Alonzo would hit at least 400, 450 home runs. If they, if they extend him in his career, had that many, he's one of the best power hitters in the league. Since he's joined the league, nobody has more home runs than him, but speaking of retired numbers, the Mets announced they're going to retire Doc Gooden and Dale Strawberry's numbers. Well-deserved. They won the World Series over 30 years ago. But to me, Joe, the timing was a little fishy. Last <laughs> year, they, they retired Keith Hernandez's number. They announced that in the offseason. The Mets, they're doing terrible right now. They're losing. Their ticket sales are plummeting. And at this time, believe it or not, is when they start trying to get season tickets up for next season. So I think uh, this is a little bit of a marketing ploy to announce in the middle of August while the Mets are losing that we're going to have two retirement days in the 2024 season, Doc Gooden and Dale Strawberry. What do you think about that conspiracy theory? So are you going to believe in the Mets or are you going to believe in the not? What I will say is that I come from a fan base that uh, when, you, when you're when you a Yankees fan, you want everybody's number retired. I mean, I have friends who will make the case that Brett Gardner should be a monument park, and that's absolutely ridiculous, even though Brett Gardner was a really solid Yankee for about 10 years or so. So uh, the one thing that I'll say about the Mets is that over time, uh, they've only won two championships, but they've been around for 60-plus years. So there is some history there. And a lot of the problems, especially when the Wilpons were the primary owners of the team, was that they were not necessarily honoring the history of the organization. So what you've seen the last few years is the pendulum kind of swing back, right? You see a statue of Tom Seaver. You see Keith Hernandez getting his number retired. All-timers day last year. All-timers day. Daryl Strawberry and Doc Gooden, who, even though they were Yankees, 
in terms of looking back at their careers, they're synonymous with the Mets. You know, when you think of those two guys, they are New York Mets. When you think of the 86 Mets, you think of Gary Carter, you think of all the rest of the guys, you know, who we could list, right? So I have no problem with them retiring these numbers. And again, they retire Gary Carter's number. Absolutely, they should. That's also long overdue. Totally agree there. That's why I brought it up in the first place. But again, the pendulum is starting to swing. So we're looking at a period of time for about 20 to 30 years, especially coming off those few years after the 86 title. They were very good in 88. And then there was a streak where they weren't really good. And they had a couple of good seasons in the early, the late 90s, early 2000s. They bookended the, with the period of time from 06 to 08 where they were kind of in it. And then outside of that point on, you've only had really two runs here in the last 10 to 15 years uh, where you guys made a significant push. So it's, again, an organization that's been around for about 60 years in terms of having storied history. Uh, I don't know if there's too much of it, but the history that they do have, they weren't really celebrating enough of it. So uh, kudos to Daryl Strawberry and kudos to Doc Gooden. They absolutely deserve to have their numbers retired. Uh, especially with all their off-the-field problems, too, and where they've come from in their lives and what they've done you know, ever since. They deserve uh, some moments, especially in front of the fans and stuff. I know I keep saying especially. I don't know why. Uh- <laughs> so, now, so now it's going to be 16, 17, 18. The numbers will be retired. Absolutely. Along with 24. They're very deserving. 42. And you know, Tom Seaver's number is retired. Jerry Kuzman. But... <clears throat> If we are here in 2025 and we are not honoring David Wright as the newest member of the Mets to have their number retired, we got a problem. You got a problem with that? Yes, I do have a problem with that. David Wright, this guy was... Captain America. Captain America. Captain of the Mets. He gave it his all. It's sad that his career ended due to injury, but he was everything that this franchise needed, especially in some dark times in the Madoff days. He was really the bridge from the Omar Minaya 2006 team to the 2015 team that went to the World Series. Would have been great to see David Wright get that World Series title, but David Wright, long overdue for his number to be retired now, but I guess that's what to be expected if the Mets are waiting 30 years to retire Doc Gooden, Dow Strawberry, and Keith Aaron's number. Maybe David Wright's got to wait a little longer. But I think 2025, David Wright, raise that number to the rafters. And David Wright has to have number five retired. Let me ask you a quick question. With the way the whole Jacob deGrom thing happened, him moving on, he was incredibly dominant. His seasons with the Mets, he was definitively, if he wasn't the, the best pitcher in baseball at the time, he was no worse than the second, maybe third. And we're talking about a period of about four, five, six years. So if it was up to me, I know that's in the, in hindsight, it's not really a terrible, terribly long amount of time. But I just think based on pure dominance alone and recognition, I think he would have to have his name in that discussion as well. And when we're talking about the last 20 years or so, Wright absolutely should and will. DeGrom is the only other one that I think is really, truly worthy. 
And I know there's a lot of resentment here. Again, like I said at the beginning, from the way that everything kind of ended and parted ways and how he moved on. Um, but I do think he's worthy. Would you do it? What I would say is I kind of think that you need to be on one, either one team your full career or you need to have nine seasons with that one team and be a Hall of Famer. That would be my criteria. It's an interesting so, benchmark because I don't. David Wright's not going to get in the Hall of Fame. No, but his whole career is with the Mets. But his whole career was with the Mets, and it was a Mike, was, Mike Piazza, eight oh, years very with the good. Mets Hall of Famer. Right. Doc and Daryl, I think they got nine years each, not in the Hall of Fame. So that's to me is kind of the benchmark okay. that I would be setting now. Okay, Jacob Degrom, he would have had his number retired if he resigned, even if he got hurt again, he would have because he would have been all he would have been a Mets first career. And he would have had those two Cy Youngs. Like, like you said, he was the most dominant pitcher in baseball. And it's a real shame because that COVID season, Joe, that was that was he lost a lot of time there. Yep. If he if he redid the three peat, the three Cy Youngs in a row, I don't care what he did last year and this year and the next four years, he was going to Cooperstown. He's had an incredibly interesting case because Here's how I look at him now. I'm a no on him now, but I think he's at the point where if he were to put one more award in the case, and I think it doesn't necessarily have to be an individual award. I think if the Rangers and his tenure, even if he pitches one or two full seasons out of that contract, which is what it's looking like right now, if he were to win a championship, I think that's enough. And I know he doesn't have like, ALCS MVP. Well, Mike Francesa calls a compiler. I think there's the polar opposite of those. The crown's not a compiler, that's for sure. He's not a compiler. But he's got five seasons against five or six years where you can definitively point at that guy and say he was the best or one of the best of what he did. The absolute best. We're not talking about a guy who's like, oh, he's a top 10 pitcher. He's a top 10, 50 pitcher. top one. No, top top one. Top two at worst. I care about dominance and I care about how he ranked among his peers. Kershaw's got a longer career. Verlander's got a longer career. Scherz has got a longer career, sure. But at in his absolute best peak of his prime years, DeGrom was better at, at some point than those guys. So like I think I really think a championship, even if he, his stat line kind of levels out the rest of his career and he doesn't really compile too much more, I think a championship would get him in. And I think if he were to win the Cy Young again or just – have one more type of individual award. I think that's enough to get him in. Well, first he's going to have to get yeah. healthy and he's going to have to make 20 starts. So we'll see. We could discuss that in 2026. Yep. Last thing for this episode here is Edwin Diaz. He's throwing bullpen sessions. Why? I mean, I don't <laughs> want to, I don't want to see him in a game this season. Is no. it going to, it's going to make, make a difference that the Mets could finish in fourth ahead of the Nationals instead of fifth. The Mets, they're trying to tank anyway at this point for draft picks. So, don't put Diaz back out there on the out there on the mound this year because that is going to maybe cause another injury. The last time the Mets did this with a player who missed a full season is they had Noah Syndergaard come back, pitched one inning out of the bullpen at the end of the season, and he left. And the guy's never been the same. He's DFA'd by the Guardians. So I don't want to see this Diaz. So there was two things we could discuss here, Joe. Edwin Diaz, number one. Do you think he should pitch this season? I say no. And number two, Noah Syndergaard. Should somebody sign him and say, you're a reliever. Give us one inning. You could throw high 90s. That's all we need for you. Absolutely. 
Uh, so I've been reading the Diaz has been coming in and just throwing 93, 94, 95. So that's a little less than peak velocity for him, which is 100 miles an hour. Uh, I wouldn't pitch him. I agree with you. However, if he does come and pitch, don't pitch him in safe situations. Do not pitch him in high leverage. Give him a couple appearances, maybe five, six, seven, however many needed low leverage situations. Make him come in the middle innings. Make him mop up a game in the the, the fifth inning or the sixth inning or the seventh inning. Uh, if you just kind of want to see where he is in the whole process, I think that's okay. I think you can go in and kind of tell him, listen, you know, you don't have to come in. And if that's the case. Let him go your best stop. and right. single A. Or single A or double A, triple A, right. Like let him pitch the lower levels. And, uh, but again, I don't really think that does anything. I, I Again, it's about where they feel like he's in, in the whole process. I, I wouldn't let him pitch, but I don't think him pitching a couple of times in lower le- uh, leverage situations, so long as you agree to just kind of limit his velocity, you know, Tell him whatever you what happens when you're out there. It's okay. We just we just kind of want to see where everything is situated. We want to know what we have going into next year. That's okay. But again, I wouldn't pitch him. Uh, as for Thor, very crazy what happened with his career. Uh, you know the the those big flamethrowers. They they kind of tend to not have long careers. Oh, you know, they all get Tommy John surgery or Alice syndrome. They're more burnout than fade away. So in this case, he definitely burned out. But how many examples do we have over the years of starters who burned themselves out and then went to the bullpen? And in a couple of cases, a couple of guys over the years who went to the bullpen tried to transition back to the rotation, never really worked out. But you know, I think there's a spot for him. I think there is Right. Uh, he could be like Andrew Miller was back back with the when he was at the Indians going to the World Series where he's like I think out. I think Batances, right? That's the best case scenario at this point. That peak Batances where he's not really he's not really good enough. I thought the same I thought somebody should have said to Harvey, Matt Harvey, you could be a reliever, but he's retired now. He's retired. We'll see if Syndergaard ever gets a shot again. I, I think he, he will. should. Why not? Why not? Keep your career. I think going. I think his his years as a starter are, are over. You could bounce around a couple bull, uh, bullpen years, absolutely. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Believe in the Mets. Joe, let everybody know where they can find you and the You Know I'm Right podcast. You can find me at jcalabrice1 on Twitter. Uh, follow our podcast, YKIR Podcast, Twitter. Uh, we're on Instagram. Uh, we're on X, not Twitter. Sorry. <laughs> I keep making that mistake. Uh, but we're you, uh, you Know I'm Right podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook, YouTube. Every major platform, iHeart, Spotify, uh, Apple, Amazon. So check us out here. Like I said, I'm Jay Cal Bruce One. I'm Joey Cal on Instagram. Uh, check out my personal pages. More than happy to always come on and help my my good friend, my good Believe in the Mets podcast host, Nick, over here. Uh, but we have some a, a nice little mix of incorporating the Yankees and the Mets in here. You know, I, I think we do a good job of that. And you know I'm much more lenient on the Mets than I am you know, a lot of other people that you know. So I think great, it works out. A great episode of You Know I'm Right out this week with our major leaguer catcher, World Series champion, Ryan LaVarnway. So go check that out. I have a couple of guests in the works, too. A lot of guests. A lot of things cooking in the kitchen for You Know I'm Right. And go follow Believe in the Mets on all platforms as well at Believe in the Mets at B-L-E-A-V-I-N-T-H-E-M-E-T-S. X, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. 
TikTok. It's all there. YouTube, got to subscribe. You don't want to miss any episodes. And follow me on Twitter at Nick underscore Durst, on Instagram at Nick Student Stuff. And until next time, everybody, let's go Mets. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.